You're listening to the Credit Union Leadership Podcast, a podcast that delivers value and offers up insight that'll help your credit union grow. ServiceStar has been consulting with credit unions for over 20 years, growing them in the areas of cultural development, leadership development, and management training. To learn more about what ServiceStar can do for you or your credit union, check them out at servicestarconsulting.com. Wow, do I have a fun show for you today. This is Taylor Murray here, CEO at ServiceStar Consulting, and thanks for joining the podcast today. I wanted to bring someone, a special guest, a special friend of mine to the show today to spend a little bit of time on something that all of us have been involved in or at least intrigued by. And we got JT on the line. So JT, he's from Angot Search Group, and you're, we're going to open up the doors to like executive recruiting and what it takes behind the scenes and aha moments and some rookie mistakes. So I've known you for about a year or so. And we've seen each other in person. We've seen each other at conferences. And the more and more we've gotten to know each other, it's been really eye-opening on some of the things that take place before, during, and after the recruiting cycle that I thought our guests, our listeners here would absolutely benefit from, but also they're just really good things to know. So first and foremost, what is Angot Search Group? Tell me about it. Absolutely. So Angot Search Group, we have been in the search business for 42 years now, hard to believe. Uh, We specialize in financial services. Uh, Me specifically, I focus my business on credit unions. Uh, We're blessed to have uh, 28 employees uh, on our team, uh, soon to be 29 in a couple of days. And uh, even though we're based here in Michigan, we do have a lot of remote employees. Um, We have folks in Florida. We have folks in Nashville, Indianapolis, Central Wisconsin, Sioux Falls, out in Portland, Oregon. So uh, even though we're based here in Michigan, we are a national firm. Outside of financial services, uh, we do have folks that recruit in the automotive industry, uh, the legal industry, the legal profession, as well as energy as well. So about about 80% of what we do is financial services. You're all over the place. I love it. Not only physically, and you get your hands in a lot of different areas. So when you say that you've been involved, mostly 80% of it's financial services, what does that mean? Is it more on the headhunting? What is... What does it mean? Yeah, predominantly we recruit for for banks and credit unions. As I mentioned, specifically for me, it is, is solely focused on credit unions. Uh, we've always, over our 42 years, we've predominantly worked with, I, we've always worked with credit unions. It's just been more of a focus for my desk the last, I'd say, four or five years. And our positions, we recruit on any position within a in a credit union, uh, mostly it's mid to senior level positions. But if you needed help on a teller, we could do that too. Those are all, all the, the full spectrum. Yep. We're a generalist firm. Um, they said we're not limited on geography and you know, we're doing work in Alaska, um, California, and obviously throughout the Midwest and the Southeast as well. And ironically, you're actually, I think, looking for two executives for a credit union we are working with uh, as it is. I'll keep them silent. Um, <laughs> I personally, so selfishly, and I think others as well, are just intrigued on the process. We've been in it either on one side or the other at some way in our throughout our career. This is a leadership podcast. So we're talking to a lot of leaders that are ambitious. They want to level up themselves. I'm going to shotgun some questions at you. Feel free, answer them at will. Can you give me like, what are like three mistakes, like oofs during the either pre like process, like I'm not looking for a job. Here I am. Like, what are some mistakes that you just see, generally speaking, that people are making? Well, do we have how many? How much time do we have? To- <laughs> <laughs> Is it that many? Wow. Okay. Get yeah. your pens and paper ready. Yeah. In, in general, general terms here, I, I think 
you know, really starts with your resume. You know, I've been doing this for 17 and a half years now. I've looked at a lot of resumes and I think a lot, the common theme I see a lot is I read resumes that look like job descriptions. And there's, there's no right or wrong way to do a resume. I've seen all different formats, you know, over the years, but the goal of the resume is to get you in the door. And then once you get in the door and get an interview, it's really all about chemistry from there. Are you right fit? Again, it's the interview process is a two-way street. But one thing I, I encourage a lot of our candidates is have features and benefits on your resume. What value can you bring to your, to this next, you know, potentially next employer? You know, what have you made, saved, or achieved? So a lot of quantifiable things. And some positions, Taylor, are easy to do that. You know, if I'm a branch manager, I can say my branch ranks number one out of 15 in our district. Uh, we are at 140% of goal. Those are great quantifiable numbers. They says someone's on the other end reading that saying, hey, we have to talk to this person because they're, they're not getting out of the park. If you don't have that on, you're just saying, I do this, I run the branch, I do this. It's the sizzle, right? What's what's going to make someone want to interview you? So that's one thing I I see us commenting on and get offering suggestions to candidates is make sure you're having quantifiable things on your resume that's going to stick out and show the potential employer that hey, this is someone that we should talk to. You know, is there a, like an easy way to self reflect on that? It's sometimes easy to help others than it is to introspectively think about yourself. Yeah. So what's the best way for someone to say, all right, here's my resume. What should I do with it? I think it's good. Maybe I don't. Maybe I don't know what I don't know. Well, not. I would recommend having another set of eyes on it because if you're writing something and you're looking at it, you know, quite a, quite a bit, you know, sometimes having another set of eyes is great to say you might not see things in it. You might see things in a different light from a different perspective. And some positions are really hard to do that. And if you're not in a, in a sales type of role or revenue generating role, you know, as an example, if you're an accounting leader and, you know, maybe have you increased in efficiency or, you know, improved a process like, you know, hey, I, I closed uh, the month end close process or took the month end close process from 10 days down to four. Great. Well, hey, how did you do that? That's what they're going to want to know, right? On the other side of it. So that's, you know, the resume itself, that really starts there. In, in getting I think that's a good point. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I think it's an important piece. It's almost like if you just put at the end of every sentence, if your position description and your resume looks like a job description, should you just add, and so what? So I manage the branch day-to-day -day operations, and so what? Like, what's the effect? What are you doing? What's the result that's coming out of that? Yeah. They want to know, the, again, the features, and they call them fab statements, features and benefits. You know, what's the okay. value? And, you know, you can have a laundry list of bullet points, but if they're saying that they reads a job description, again, as we've all been on both sides of the table, right? You don't have a lot of time when someone's looking at a resume to say, hey, yes or no, right? And then sometimes there's the argument, hey, are we judging a book by the cover? Yeah, absolutely. Because let's face it, most people aren't professional resume writers. They might be very good at being a branch manager. They might be very good at being a commercial lender. They might be very good at being an auditor. They're not writing professionally, right? So that's where another set of eyes can come in to help out. That's probably one thing I see and I've been you know, over the years is I, I see a lot of resumes that look like job descriptions. I appreciate that. I know I've went into a little bit of depth there, but I'm sure with AI and I'm sure there's so many different oh, algorithms yeah. that are created to, to yes. sort through them. Key is stand out and like be good or bad, but stand out from the pack to at least get a call. 
from you or absolutely. something. Absolutely. Right, so then what? What's the next mistake? So, all right, I've gotten a call from JT. I'm super excited. I got goosebumps. I'm nervous. Now what? Well, I think as you're getting ready for an interview is making sure you're doing your due diligence on the organization you're going to be. I mean, you think that's a pretty common thing, but you'd be surprised how the feedback we get. It didn't seem like they researched us or knew what we were about or knew where our locations were or knew much about the the hiring manager. I mean, at the end of the day, interview process is a two-way street. I tell everybody that because sometimes, let's face it, you're interviewing, maybe you haven't interviewed a while, you're nervous. And I, we get that a lot. Hey, I'm kind of nervous about tomorrow. But hey, you got to look at it. It's a business conversation between two people, maybe more uh, than two within, if you're meeting multiple people. Candidate is interviewing the company as much as the company is interviewing the candidate. So have a business conversation. Make sure you're doing your due diligence on the organization, the people that you're going to be interviewing for. Because let's face it, a lot of times you may not be going to work for the, the name on the door. You're going to be working for the person, right? And that's why some people leave an organization. It's not because they don't like the company. It's maybe there's just a butting heads or let's face it, it's life. People don't get along sometimes. They might leave because of who they're going to work for. So I think doing your due diligence on the homework of and the homework of who you're going to be, not only the employer, but who you're going to be meeting with is, is important. So that's I think important if you're looking for a job. So maybe you're searching looking for something, whether you currently have a job or you're looking for the next opportunity. I mean, I'm looking at your website right now and you have like 50 different, like 30 different states. You're looking all over, like you said, from individual you know, management levels and C-level positions. What if I got a call from you? Like, should I, what can I do to stand out? So you want to call me right? or reach out? Yeah. Are there, is there, is, is it something I should leave on LinkedIn or do I want to be public or what's the best way? Should I reach out to you and say, Hey, I'm not necessarily looking right now, but I just want you to have me on your radar or I want you to know me. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get, definitely get some, some calls on that easy as, Hey, I'd like to get my resume in your database and call me if anything comes up and let's, let's spend some time. You know, we, we want to spend time with them and say, Hey, what are what would motivate you to make a change? And let's face it, people are motivated by a number of different things. You know, in, in our office here, you know, we kind of use a model called the clamps model. You know, it's C for challenge. Some people lack a, you know, there's lacking a challenge right now. And they're looking for that new challenge. You know, L is for location. Let's say they need to move somewhere, need to get closer to family. A lot of people may want to leave uh, where I'm at here in Michigan to go down south, you know, and uh, we have that a lot. A is for advancement. Yeah, maybe there, maybe there, there's no room for growth there, right? Their their boss isn't going anywhere, and that might be a motivator for them. Uh, M is for obviously money. Uh, that's a, that is a motivator for for folks. P is for people, kind of what I mentioned earlier. They just maybe don't like who they're working for, or maybe they have a new boss, and then and, and they're just not meshing, which is which is part of life. And then S is for security. Some people like, hey, is my organization going to be around in two years? You know, so everyone has a different motivator. So we try to talk to folks on what would motivate them as that opportunity comes up. You know, we would definitely call them if it matches with what our clients are looking for. That's an easy way to distill it. What was the C? Uh, challenge. Challenge. So yeah. clamps, right? Most people are looking because they want a different challenge, advancement, uh, no, location, advancement, money, people, or security. I think that's a really good way to summarize yeah. it. So. And I think if, if money is your most important motivator, I would I would go ask for a raise. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because, okay, that's maybe a different story for a different day because our listeners, we, we can go down that rabbit hole and what's the best practices for that. But all right, so I'm not necessarily looking, I'm excited, whatever the case may be. What about during 
like the follow-up and, and I don't want to go into this, the cliche responses, but what are some awesome, that is what most people should do. I can't believe others are not doing it. Like that's, that's a pro move. What would someone do in a during or post interview? Post interview? Yeah. Anything. I think one thing that's maybe lost because we're such a digital society now is sending a written thank you note to who you've interviewed with. Um, you know, I've had some candidates that have had a thank you note in their car and they have it almost in some, some, some cases have it written out and, or maybe just need to finish it up in their car and they find a post, you know, mailbox and send it out. It's easy to send an email. Um, but I, I think it, the, the personal touch with a handwritten note goes a long way because it's not done any, that much anymore. And so it's not done. You would think in some cases it is, but it's not. Generally it's been our experience people are going to send an email um which which is which is ex certainly acceptable but if you have the time do a handwritten note um what about both could you do both like emails gonna absolutely be do both absolutely do both yep there's no doubt <laughs> i would say don't make the if you're writing it to multiple people that it's in a panel interview don't write word for word the exact same thank you i would mm -hmm. imagine they're going to share internally you want to you want to mix it up for sure but Good. Um, you know, that's where you had the cards in the, in the, in the car and ready to go and, you know, get those uh, ready to go. So tell me a little bit about other things that you're seeing that before, during, or after are pro moves. I would say one thing that would turn employers off is continuing asking for an update. Okay. Uh, I would give it a few days. Um, and then when, when you really leave an interview, um, ask what the next steps are. Uh, when can you expect to hear back? Ask it, it's a perfectly normal and to ask the question. Um, and you'd hope they would tell you, Hey, we're going to, we're wrapping up first interviews this week. We'll be back to you the week of the 14th and you should expect to hear from so-and-so by then. But, but one thing I would recommend not doing is once you get that, don't follow up. You sent the you sent the thank you note and let, let it be from there. Now, if you don't hear anything after a few weeks, then yeah, maybe. But uh, one thing I've found out that over the years is that people continue to want want updates and they're they're emailing directly, and um, that just turns some hiring managers off sometimes. Something that I'll just an example of something that someone's done for me in the past because it was a longer window. They reached out to me with news slash update. We were talking about branches and evolution of branches. They utilized a story to share it with me and ultimately slid in. Oh, and it was a reminder that I haven't heard from you in a while. So it yeah. didn't seem like that solicitation for a time frame, but it was a softer request. Well, that's great. And it's a great example, Taylor, because you're, you're building rapport with, with you, right. And in building a rapport, maybe it's something that came up in a conversation um, during the interview that maybe you have a common hobby or something. Hey, by the way, I, I saw this uh, on, on this website, thought you might be interested. Um, looking forward to hearing from you. So now I'm also looking at your website now there. So there's also CEO searches and now yes. on a CEO search, you're usually involved with a board of volunteers. So tell me about that experience because that yeah. many people haven't been involved with. It's a longer process. 
So tell me about maybe what a typical CEO search looks like. Absolutely. Yeah. So most, uh, I'd say a lot of times, uh, depending on the make, uh, the size of the board, you're going to have a search committee that you'd be, they'd be working with at least initially, uh, or at least in first round of interviews. To your point where you haven't been exposed to a board before, you, you have, instead of one boss, you might have multiple bosses, right? Um, but again, is it kind of going back to what I said earlier, from a candidate side, you want to make sure this is a group that you can work with. And you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you as a group. Are we aligned philosophically? Are, do we do we generally like each other? That's that's part of it, right? Um, that you there's got to be that connection there, because that board and CEO relationship is so crucial, you know, for the for the betterment of the organization. So yes, you're working with you're going to be meeting with multiple people. You probably have some type of presentation, maybe a small business plan. That process is really going to separate you know, the good from the bad, right? The, the cream's going to rise to the top, so to speak. Because that exercise, not only the content, but how you deliver the content in that in that session is kind of what they can expect from you in a board meeting, right? Um, so you might have, you know, great on paper, but maybe your presentation skills might, might be lacking. So that might be something if you aspire to be a CEO, get some experience with PowerPoint presentations or other forms of, and we use Canva here for our, presentations. Uh, we don't use PowerPoint anymore, but um, get some experience with that. Those that haven't been exposed to that maybe lack others that have. So with that in mind, what's the role of ASG in that? Are you a coach to the candidate? Are you helping them through that or being a filter, providing any guidance, or is it mainly, I'm going to be the negotiator at the end? I don't know. What, what's yeah, the role? So, so we're, we're, business conversation facilitators, right? So, you know, in the case of a CEO search, I work for the board, right? They, mm -hmm. you know, but I also represent the candidates too. So as it comes to, you know, we give guidelines on the presentation, but I can't, I can't tell them what to write or what to present. That's the whole point of the exercise, right? So I can give some guidance on, hey, you know, some of the things we've talked about, here, here are the highlights the board's looking for. And that's the body of work. If if I have to coach somebody and and you know give a lot of feedback or hey you need to correct this, they're probably not the right person for the job. Okay, that's kind of part of the exercise, right? As I tell candidates, I say hey, I can't tell you what to write or put in here, um, but here's some high, highlights of what the board's looking for or what the hiring team is looking for, and how they take that and interpret it. That's that's how they're like that inside scoop of. Hey, can you tell me a little bit about this person's personality? So I'm a candidate. Maybe I've already interviewed that first round, but I didn't get a good read on one of the board members. Would is that still you have to remain? Yeah, we try. Oh, absolutely. Guys. We try to help. Here's here's their what they're like. Here's their backgrounds. Um, we try to get if we can get bios on the board members. You know, depending if it's the whole board, I might be working with just a couple of committee members. Um, but if it's somehow, let's say, a second round interview, they're having the whole board. You know, I, I'll try to get some, at least some insight to help people prepare as best what we would can. Be, I would say, what are the major milestones? Because I've seen some of these searches take multiple months and hundreds of candidates. So first step, identifying an opportunity, right? You've connected with ASG. There's yep. their phone interviews, face-to-face, -face, Zoom, projects, presentations, multiple groups. Happy hours. Like, what are all of the interactions you'd have from beginning to end in a typical multiple month search? Yeah. So, yeah, the search is going to depend. The biggest length I see is is 
getting candidate, getting the calendars together, right? If you're dealing with maybe five, six committee members that are going to be interviewing and trying to coordinate their calendars <laughs> as well as candidates, that's where I see the length of the search, um, you know, take a little bit longer. Our recruiting process is typically four or five weeks. So after four or five weeks, okay. we should have a good slate of candidates that we've interviewed. Yes, we'll have an initial phone call, share some information. Uh, we'll have a either meet in person um, or meet virtually like we're, we're doing here. There'll be a usually a writing, some type of writing assignment as part of our initial process. And then we'll present a slate of candidates to the committee. Uh, they'll let, we'll meet with the committee. We'll go through first round of interviews. Typically, second round of interviews are some type of presentation, um, whether it's a strategy plan, what's your vision. And then we always recommend that people get together. If a couple of finalist candidates to go to a happy hour, or go to a dinner, maybe invite the spouse. You get to know somebody a little bit more outside of a conference room, right? How is this person going to interact socially? Is it representing our credit union? In, in whether it's a conference or various meetings, how are they going to represent us? And in 42 years, we've had some meetings that 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 kind of, it didn't go well. <laughs> so I think that's important just to make sure that there, the chemistry is there between a, a board and, and, and a CEO candidate that um, generally, one, do we like each other? When you can get to, you know, being in a social setting, you're more relaxed, but how is the person going to interact, right? So- we always recommend that whether we've had a dinner, we've had a happy hour, we've had, you know, some board members have a country club that we've met there for maybe a final meeting and, and bring the spouse along too. So it's so psychological as you're going through this. And I'm sure in many cases, the candidate is nervous, a lot of time commitment, and this is a volunteer board's time. So yeah, I think you've provided a lot of insights to this entire process that is a very emotional decision and time frame for people if they didn't get it and maybe they've gone through a couple of rounds and a couple of interviews how much feedback do you provide and i say real feedback that it's like this is what the board said and you screwed up taylor yeah I, I mean how transparent are you or how much can you be yeah you try to be i mean sometimes um you know could be say hey they were looking for somebody if someone said something blatantly, I want to tell them, hey, you, you kind of said this, it didn't go over well. But a lot of times boards have tough decisions to make. They could go with, you know, any two or three and, and it just matters. A lot of times it, it comes right down to the chemistry and it just clicks some, with better with somebody um, un, unanimously or they might be wrestling with it. It could be, you know, reference, you know, doing references might separate them, but try to be as transparent as we can because that person, we might represent that person again down the road at another search, right? So um, by that time, we hope we've developed some rapport with our candidates and, some, and in good relationships that, hey, you, you said this, it didn't go well with the board or, hey, they were looking for more details on this. You didn't provide it. Somebody else did, did you know, just a bang up job in the presentation. We try to, we try to be as transparent as we can. We, we don't always get a lot of feedback. Uh, most times we do. I love it. Uh, well, I, I can't thank you for your time. I probably have a dozen or more questions. Uh, at the same time, if people have questions that they want to reach out to you, where should they go? I know your website's asgteam.com. Easy enough to remember, but we can put some of your information in our show notes. But what's the best way? Is it LinkedIn, email? You can click, connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm there 
all the time or at least have it open pretty much all day. Um, but uh, you can email me at jtw at asgteam.com and I know we'll have that out there as well. Nice. Yeah. But you can also uh, call me directly and you can also text me at 248-453-0107. Well, if you're not getting a bunch of text messages now, you will later. Uh, so I'm so thankful you spent some time. I'm hoping others got a chance to listen and grab a few insights. Appreciate you being on the podcast. And until next time, thank you very much, JT. Taylor, appreciate you having me. I hope to see you soon.